0: Hey guys, this week's podcast brought to you by Kent Cartridge and Fast Steel 2.0. I've been shooting Kent for over God, 15 years when I was in college. I had to wait tables and bartend just to be able to afford shotgun shells to go duck hunting. Nothing's changed in that time frame. Kent killed ducks then, and it kills ducks now. That's why I still shoot it. Fast Steel 2.0 is just the evolution of Kent's reliable, effective, and industry-leading steel shot technology. You can find it at your local dealer or uh, head over to kentcartridge.com to check out their entire lineup of shot shells. Silver and gold, silver and gold means so much more when I
1: see
2: silver and gold
1: decorations on every Christmas tree.
0: Good morning, good morning, good morning, Cable Smith, wishing you and yours a Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for being here on episode 606 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show presented by Mossberg Firearms. That's the great Burl Ives, silver and gold. And if you watched Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer as a kid, let's just say if you're like a 70s, 80s, or maybe even the 90s kids still watch that, but the movie came out in 1964 was the stop motion animated television special. And my kids did enjoy watching it last year. We'll watch it again this weekend, but I was a little hesitant. Like does this dated technology stand up to what kids are watching these days? Yeah, they still liked it and they still like Charlie Brown, which we are watching on Saturday night as a family. Maybe it's Sunday night. Uh, Aaron has it on the calendar. So anyway, And then Henry and I are headed back to South Texas to try to seal the deal on his whitetail buck. But anyway, we've got a great show lined up for you today. And I'll tell you all about it now. So you know what to do. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pull yourself another cup of Black Rifle coffee into that beat-up, old Stanley Thermos, the one granddaddy passed down years ago. And I haven't put much extra mud on mine this season. I've only been duck hunting twice, and it's not because I haven't wanted to go. So we don't have any damn ducks. Yeah, it sucks. It's really reminiscent of last season, unfortunately. But uh, we did have a cold front, and I'm headed out tomorrow morning. So hopefully Belle can get one last ton in because the time is drawing very near for her uh, fighting this cancer. And they said three to six months. We're at month four. So, you know, she's slowing down. Um, anyway, our good friend, Carl Van seal will be here. Second generation owner and operator of John X safaris. They've had some incredible rainfall, blessed rainfall also has destroyed a lot of the (laughs) fences and, uh, dams have burst. I mean, it's been incredible, but South Africa's Eastern Cape is looking lush and green for the first time in seven or eight years. torrential rainfall they've had. So Carl will be here to talk about that. And then also we'll relive some of his favorite hunts from 2021 and very importantly discuss the Biden travel ban and what that means for all South African. Well, really African and other international outfitters that are trying to get to the States for January's trade show season. That's where they do a lot of their business. And right now, our incompetent leader is preventing them from getting here. After that, we'll switch gears and talk some whitetail deer hunting with Will Cooper of Numa Outdoors. Lots of whitetail stuff to get into. And we'll talk about some of Numa's innovative products, including the heated core, which if you're an all-day sitter, or let's pretend that we actually did get a cold front and you're sitting in the duck blind, freezing your tokus off, well... The heated core system is the remedy to keep you warm. What I mean, it's a no-brainer if you're a northern hunter. Uh, like, I've done all-day sits in Nebraska, Illinois, um, Montana. It's It can get bitter cold, right? Trapline trip in British Columbia, that was close to the coldest I've ever been. But at least I was moving around. Just an all-day sit in Nebraska, northwest Nebraska, in December – yeah, that that was a chilly one. Wish I would have had the heated core then. So anyway, Will will be here to tell us a little bit more about that technology and uh other fun stuff concerning Numa. Uh that's what we're going to do today. Going to be a good one, guarantee you that. Um let's do this. Let's take a quick break. But before we before we do that, why not do a Christmas giveaway? Havalon sent me a few more knives to get out to you guys. And I've got a paranta bolt right here. We'll throw in a Havilon cap, get this Christmas spirit going with a giveaway. Just email the word Christmas. That's Christmas to Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com. And you're entered into today's Havilon giveaway. Coming up next, we'll head over to South Africa's Eastern Cape and check in with our good friend Carl of John X Safaris, on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Hey, hey, everybody, Cable here for Go Wild. If you're like me, trust me, these clowns have been censoring me for a long time, but if you're like me and you can't seem to make heads nor tails of what the hell's going on on traditional social media platforms like, you know, the one that Zuckerberg owns, well, let me tell you about Go Wild. It's a place where like-minded folks are sharing ideas, hunting tips, fishing tips, recipes, all that great outdoor content that you and I both love. You can find it on Go Wild. And here's an even better thing that they're doing right now. They've got an online store. And if you sign up, that's right. It's it's a free account. That's, that's all you have to do is just go to a, download Go Wild. You sign up, create your account there. You'll get a free $10 gift card to spend on Go Wild's outdoor gear store. Brands like Garmin, Vortex, Irish Setter Boots, Treason, North Mountain Gear, and many, many others. They're all right there in the Go Wild store, and you can use that $10 credit on anything you want. It's that easy. Sign up at downloadgowild.com. Take advantage of your $10 reward gift card, and, uh, and, you, and you build points too. Um, that's another thing. It's a, a rewards program. So The more you spend, the more points you get. You can find it all at DownloadGoWild.com, and I'll see you over there. Cable here, and if you're like me, you probably enjoy bold flavors and cuisines. And nobody does Cajun and Creole better than Chris's Specialty Foods in Frisco. Their forte includes specialty sausages, boudins, and andouille, pre cooked soups, gumbos, and sides, where all you have to do is heat it up. What about high quality steaks, smoked and fried turkeys, turduckins, and turduckin rolls for the holidays, plus gift boxes? Storefront conveniently located off Dallas Parkway in Frisco, or shop online at chris'specialtyfoods.com and have it delivered to your door.
2: I have my mistakes, I swear I should
1: have known better. Half of my mistakes. A little, it, mistakes. little Radney
0: Foster bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg, Byrons, Cable, Smith. Here with you. Thanks for dropping by today. Do appreciate you. We are all set to uh, check in with Carl Van Seal who joins us from South Africa's beautiful and, right now, very lush Eastern Cape. Uh, This segment brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee company, veteran-owned and operated. If you're a patriot and you enjoy the smell of freedom as much as you enjoy that smell of a delicious roast in the morning, then look no further than Black Rifle Coffee. And here's the cool thing. You'll save 20% off all of their delicious roasts. Light, medium, dark, French roast, which is a little too dark for me because I drink it black. And, uh, yeah, that one's like motor oil. But I like a good medium roast. All of it, though. 20% off when you use my promo code LONESTAR20 at checkout. Plus, uh, you'll also get 20% off all swag, T-shirts, caps, water bottles, you name it. BlackRifleCoffee.com. With that being said, let's bring him on right now. He's uh, my brother from another mother on another continent <laughs> but i truly do feel like i'm at home when i'm in camp with carl van seal and the john x safaris team carl welcome back my friend
2: thank you very much gable good to connect after uh, not having seen you for a little while it's been crazy in south africa but good yeah. to be back
0: yeah and it's nice to have you joining us on zoom from a world away that's one of the the silver linings about COVID is we got this this uh, platform Zoom where you and I can talk face to face and be across the world and it's no big deal.
2: Yeah, it has opened up the world to us as well. You know, it's 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 been a complete new experience. We never knew about anything like this, and now we connected.
0: So have you you talked to a lot of clients via Zoom meetings?
2: Uh, you know, during COVID, main lockdown when there was real travel bans, there was a spike in that. Yeah. And consequently, since then, we've had guys uh, kind of taper off again. They want to see see you face to face and they want to, you know, connect on a phone call um, often at strange times. And we're not always able to Zoom. But from time to time, most certainly the younger generation, they are Zooming.
0: Yeah, for sure. So yeah. you have had a crazy last week. And I want to talk about that because it seems like I've been to South Africa with you five times now. Yeah. And every time you're like you just have to see this place after it rains and it's not like it's not like you were in a dire drought last year but i think the first year that i came to the woodlands it was in pretty rough conditions it was
2: was Um, rough and cable you know um southern africa for the last seven to eight years have had a bad drought you know it's been yes there's been patches of good rainfall but we've really battled for continuous good rain where you know the water reservoirs would build up and the underground water would become strong again and uh, we saw that change from El Niño change to La Niña uh, earlier this year, and they predicted big summer rainfall for us. And we had good March-April rains throughout, uh, throughout Southern Africa. And then yeah, in about September, When it should start raining, it started raining in the north, in Angola, uh, in parts in the north of Namibia, and it started moving south. And and our belief down south is always if it doesn't rain up north in Namibia and in Angola, we don't get the rain when it's summer with us. So the rain has steadily moved down. And last week, the heavens opened for us, and we had 100 millimeters of rain in uh, 20 minutes.
0: No, no. You have to to tell us in inches, Carl. I don't know what that is. Yeah, so that is four (laughs)
2: inches. four inches oh. of rain
1: mm-hmm.
2: in 20 minutes oh, yeah. uh, and basically consequently since then I've had another two inches so we've had six inches uh, for the month of December and today is the 15th uh, mm-hmm. so crazy you know just we, we, we never see rain like that uh, but the timing couldn't have been better obviously I'd uh, yeah, we, we just completed project 25 with A wonderful response from hunters who built these water holes and and uh, man they are all full some some did not survive the rain and the storm was too immense so we lost three of them we'll redo them in the new year
0: like the dams other than
2: that they are full
0: yeah so the dams didn't hold on a few of them
2: on a few of them the dams broke the the water was just immense i mean cable there's some areas of fences that washed away for five six hundred yards Fences gone Yeah. yeah so the the strength and the power of the water was immense Basically, repairing waterways uh, where all the river crossings are so we can get around and I've literally just come in uh, from the guys for for this call the guys are still we're doing uh, daylight to to nightfall hours at the moment just trying to get it wrapped up Um, but basically all we've been doing is repairing fences repairing what we call mats where all the waterways all the water flows through rivers uh, and, and obviously, I've, I've spoken about it this week on some of our social media platforms as well. You know, fences are often seen as a negative. Uh, but if you take into account what fences have done for game in private sector in southern Africa over the last 30 years, fences have played an integral role uh, yeah. with wildlife success. And for us, we have to re- repair our fences for our 30,000 acres. Because if we don't, every little bit of investment of that habitat and protection of that game-only habitat falls away. So we'll have domestic stock in there within hours, within days, because our vegetation is so much better.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and I think – I don't remember the exact numbers. I've seen it previously. We've talked about it, but compared to like 1970, what percent, oh. in, what percent increase in South Africa's wildlife have we seen to today?
2: Cable three, fourfold. fold. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's been immense. Um, I'm going to give you a simple example, something that every listener, every viewer can relate to. Uh, a zebra in 1995, to find a zebra stallion, a virtual zebra stallion, was harder work than finding a big trophy kurubu. Okay? You used to travel very far. Today, zebra prices have plummeted compared to what they were. They've come down due to supply, the oversupply, to the point where they get culled.
0: Mm-hmm. That is
2: our world. Something as simple as a virtual zebra as a market can give you an idea. Twenty years ago, I started guiding professionally. At that stage, zebra was seen as a good species to invest in. You'd have them on your land. Today, there are so many that I, I you, you don't even get a bid for them anymore. Uh, they're just too many everywhere. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and you know, we, we talked a lot about when we did our giraffe hunt, the science behind that. And, and, uh, we didn't just go in guns ablaze and you call me your redneck, you know, I'm a good old boy <laughs> from Texas, but, uh, we put a lot of thought and we're very, I think eloquent in how we approach that. And there's going to be a great YouTube that's going to be coming out here. Probably the yes. beginning of, uh, 2020, beginning of the year,
2: beginning of yeah. 2022. It's, it's a good one. It's going to be a good debate. I'm going to see what, what comes with it. And I'm going yeah. I'm going to leave it all up
0: to you well yeah but the science is in the countries that allow giraffe hunting giraffe populations are thriving just like you know you're talking right. about the the zebra or yeah. zebra excuse me um yeah, yeah, yeah i mean so i did see on social media though the rains cost you some animals you had a picture of a dead uh, i think it was a kudu bull that didn't yes. make it cool. um Did you find a lot of, a lot of that with the flooding or
2: not, not too much cable, but, but interestingly enough, consequently, since finding that, I I found something very interesting while working in one of the waterways, I found a, I I jumped down off a rocky ledge and below me in the sand. And I wish I'd taken a video of this, uh, but I'll show you the skull uh, and I'll I'll send it to you so you can post it. But I I found a, a, I saw a nose bone sticking out and I immediately recognized it as a buffalo. Mm. And I went and I dug and in the sand there was a buffalo that had washed down as well and uh, you'll see the skin and stuff is still on a big bull's skull where he he had been washed down and had been covered by the sand. So it was immense. I mean, a big old dugger boy. that could not get out of the way of the water. So we haven't seen too much. The kudu really we found that the the buffalo was from upstream, uh, but um, apart from that, you know, the thing that nobody would expect and the thing you guys wouldn't expect, our, our biggest loss and what we saw a lot of, spring airs and uh, porcupines. Oh. Because obviously they're holes all filled yeah. up with water. So everywhere you look, there's dead porcupines and dead spring airs.
0: And the porcupine is what you've said is your favorite meat.
2: But... Hey, that's the best, my man. We got it. One, one of these days, you're going to smoke it us in the slow cooker.
0: Well, I think we've seen, we've seen one, but it was like, Five hundred yards away through a spotting scope, and yep. we're not always You're out. You and I actually saw
2: one in the daytime. Remember? Yeah, yeah, which
0: and is that's rare. Very rare. very yeah. rare. Yeah,
2: yeah, very rare. Yeah.
0: Um, Josh, our buddy, he shot two last year with his bow, but that was on. Yeah. The, it was like you know, with a flashlight, and it was at yeah, dark. And it was like coming back to yeah. uh to the truck, but um, yeah. so because of the lack of rain that you've seen yes. over the last seven or eight years you've managed your wildlife very strictly with population um, density, species to species, you know, what your goals are. Will that increase with all of the, all of the blessed rain that you've had?
2: No, it won't cable. Uh, And and the reason why we say that the, the old heads around here, they they always tell you that you never, ever managed uh, any, any, area or habitat for the good times. You manage it for the bad times. Mm-hmm. And we have a philosophy that first the soil, then the food, then the wildlife. So nothing can exist without the soil. So for us, the most important thing is, and people don't take this into account, and I I, and I saw your post this morning as well about the bison in Yellowstone. Yeah. And uh, um, I think one of the most important factors that people don't take into account. People think of mouths eating What about four hooves? Every animal has got five opportunities to destroy the soil and the grass under its feet, and that's an important factor. And when you do your management and when you do your strategy for long term, I'm not talking you're never going to see results in five years. You're going to see results from year 10 forward. But if you go in hard and you say to yourself, those are the strict principles and goals, then you will be good. 20 years from now, you'll laugh but it is a long process. And it's one that's not very rewarding. If you're impatient, you just got to scratch at the
0: surface all the time. So, and so give us an example. When you purchased the woodlands, the previous owner, I think it was Norwegian or something. he, He didn't spend a lot of time or invest any energy into properly managing the herds. When you acquired it, it was all out of whack. So talk about the number of animals that were on the plains then versus what you have now.
2: Yeah, so interestingly enough, Woodlands is made up of 30,000 acres, if I broke that up into a percentage, I would say that 70% of the vegetation and the habitat is made up of browsing, while 30% is grazing. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, while the numbers were correct for the carrying capacity of the property, if we took it as a 30,000 acre block, the issue was they had it the wrong way around. 70% of the population was made up of grazers and 30% of browsers. So while the numbers made sense for the acreage, it wasn't the correct ratio on what food was available and habitat Mm -hmm. was available. So a little example of what we did, We, we went in there on day three of arriving, November the 9th, 2016. Uh, we we got up in a helicopter and we did our first game count. Eight and a half hours later, we finished flying our grids. 24 hours later, the computer spat out the corrected number. So we counted the game, we plug it into a program, developed here in South Africa in the 80s. Interestingly used all around the world for sake mm. today. And basically, it spat out the correct number of, if I counted 80 bushbuck, they say, well, we predict you've got 120 bushbuck because you missed so many due to the vegetation, et cetera, et cetera. But a long story short, we came to a number of 4,500 head a game. It was grossly inadequate for the land. We then went to work. We removed, in our first year, we removed 1,800 head a game via capture. Via culling and via trophy managed hunting. That's what mm-hmm. we basically did. Um, so, and and I would say if you if we talk to trophy management hunting, that made up two hundred hit a game. The rest was majority was capture and culling. That that's how that was broken down. Since that time, we it's now the end of twenty twenty one. We've removed more than two thousand Impala. To give you mm-hmm. an idea, that's yeah. how quick they breed exponentially and how you have to bring them and keep them intact. Mm.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, there's one animal that roams the plains that you affectionately call an apple, and it's a blessed buck. What's up? Uh, why, <sighs> why do they, why do they, why do they have that uh, loving <sighs> moniker? Not my favorite. Yeah,
2: not my favorite. Um, it's because they selective eaters. They, they know what the best grass is and they go to town on that and they absolutely ruin blocks of of, of, of what we call felt, so of countryside out there. And uh, a blessed buck to me is probably one of the hardest animals on the land. And I don't think they're particularly smart. So I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not awfully fond of them. And to hunt them, it's more of a shoot. So over time, I've always given you a hard time about them because I don't enjoy them that much. But what, what really makes me not enjoy them, and they have an important role to play. They're part of our model, but they are just harder on the felt mm-hmm. than anything else and, and that is why i took off 600 in that first year I, they I get the other
0: planes them. game riled up too like you know. yeah they do from they, a long they, way they away. Get
2: the black villabias going and yeah so it, it's one of the species i don't have much time for but I, they are around but they, they're not my favorite like you, you know but you have around.
0: to have them because people want to you know they want yeah, to people want to hunt them yeah they're one of yeah, the absolutely. good entry-level planes game species. So Yeah, absolutely.
2: And, and, and you know, a beautiful, big, blessed buck ram is still an impressive animal. It's just when you look at, you have so much food, you have so much acreage. I can hunt blessed like at my neighbor. I don't have to hunt my own. That's my
0: theory. <laughs> right. So, Carl, what, in in last year, you know, 2020 was certainly very weird. And uh, we were there in February. And like I told you, getting off of the plane we had a hamburger and a beer at the airport bar because the bartender was like, y'all are the first Americans we've seen in a year. Yeah, And and so he was like, please have a hamburger. I was like, okay, you have a cold beer we're in. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we talked about how the animals, you know, they forgot what it was like to be persecuted. Uh, they were just not, it's not like they were, they're still wild animals. Right. But it was just like, Oh, that just that little, little edge that they have when they're being hunted hard they kind of it was nice to like be the first ones back um but you know we were and then we came back in um july uh, had another wonderful trip so two trips last year we've got another one planned for this summer i think it's uh july 25th through august 2nd so if anybody wants uh to join you know there's still a few spots left there just shoot me an email but over the course of this past year what have been maybe your favorite couple hunts the ones that really stood out and it could be for any species and for any reason?
2: Yeah, Cable, I think there was there was one, there, there, there was, I would say not just because it's you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, I'm not going to say it was a hunt, it was a group. Um, I think you you had mentioned something about the relief of, of all of us and our excitement of you guys coming back. Um, and that hunt in February this year, that was a big make or break for a lot of guys. Um, I'm responsible for a lot of guys, for a lot of families and a lot of people. And if you know how much I enjoyed seeing all my people just so relieved and having you guys in the excitement levels, I don't think there was a particular animal pursuit or hunt for a species that that was as enjoyable for me all year, like that first safari with yourselves and art and all the guys. I think that was really special. That was for me a a massive highlight. I also there was had,
0: an, there was an energy in camp that you know it, it and John X is always feels like home every time yeah. i come but there was certainly an extra little bit of energy and buzz in camp that, an excitement level that uh, I, don't, I i think i don't think you can replicate that it was just because no, of the times and
2: it's uh, it's just you know desperate times uh, it brings out different things in different people and and yeah. the relief of seeing normality return i think that that's pretty uh, you know that, that, that's, that that's pretty moving. You know, for what I I experienced, and and for once I didn't have to look my people in the eyes and say to them, well, more bad news. This time the good news came flowing through the door, and there you guys arrived. Right. So you know that was a big highlight for me. And then just the continuation throughout the season of guys saying, no, we will not accept another. Day. We're going to find a way. We're going to get to Africa. We're going to hunt. We're going to start living again. Um, that, that was good. But if I look at the, the animal side of things and some of the hunts I did that I really enjoyed, um, I, I, I hunted a particularly sneaky old kudu bull that had, had given me a hard time for uh, probably two seasons. You know, I, I, I kind of kept him under wraps. I hadn't spoken about him. Uh, it, it wasn't that he was any uh, inches wise any greater than than any of the other bulls taken a season. It's just that he Twice, on two occasions, I had him where I thought it was a slam dunk. And on both occasions, he disappeared into thin air. And, and I, I pride myself in very seldom losing sight of an animal. I can spot them and I can keep them as long as I've got spotting scope going. And and that kudu just for two years gave me that run around. And I finally caught him out and I sat on him for six hours until he moved. And, 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 and luckily, my hunter made a wonderful shot at 180 yards. He had a little gap. And there was a the neck shot, and he dropped him. It was very exciting. We packed him out that night out in the mountains, and we got back to camp at like ten thirty. Needless to stay, say, we did have a few beers along the way, and we were uh-huh. we, we, we were joyous by the time we got to camp. <laughs> um, that, and then I had a extraordinary leopard hunt this year uh, in Zambia. Our area up there, uh, we have a wonderful partnership with some folks up there, and we had a I, 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 I've never hunted a, a leopard. Well, I've never taken a leopard in the in, in the early morning, I would say mid-morning. I've taken them uh, right an hour after sunrise. I've taken them many times right at sunset, uh, late afternoon, uh, in areas where you can hunt them, uh, you know, after, night, after dark. I've taken them there, but this particular leopard was one of the smartest leopards I've, I've ever hunted. And uh, we took this cat at 10.30 in the morning. Uh, wow. And we actually went and and there will be a blog coming out about this cat. I, I, I actually wrote a story about it. and I'm, I'm, I'll publish that in February next year.
0: Have, have I seen um, pictures of this one? Was this the one with the paw that was? Uh, no,
2: this is not the one the paw. It's another okay. cat. It's another okay. cat. I will send you some pictures of this. Uh, but this this particular cat, yet uh, both these canines were snapped off really old. I mean, just massive old cat. But he figured and he was blind watching. So whenever the truck would come in, the, the deal with the leopard hunt, you always make sure if you walk in, cat can always see you, he senses you there. So you go in with the truck, check the bait like you would. And when you come past the blind, you stop at the blind for a second, roll out the truck, get in the blind, the truck continues and the leopard thinks everything is fine. Because the leopard's always aware of what's happening. Yeah. Anyway, for three days, this cat played with us. On the fourth day, My my, my mate Werner and I said to to our hunter, we said to them, a fellow Texan, we said to him, you know what, we're going to call this cat's bluff. So what happened was we put a tracker in the blind with us. And we went in that morning at sunrise and we sat until 10 o'clock. At 10.30, we called at, at, at 10 past 10. We called the truck on the radio and said, come in, check the bait stop at the blind, load the other tracker. The other tracker, we made a scarecrow with a with a bush and another jacket. He got out with a scarecrow. Two people walked out, got in the truck, left the truck, left. The truck was still in the background humming, leopard got in the tree. Oh,
0: wow. He'd been
2: watching every single, every single move of ours. Oh. Came there, stepped onto the branch, 10.30 in the morning, leopard down. Wow. And I mean, that was like a game of chess that I've never played to that degree where literally... Called these bluff. He thought we were gone. Walked in, bang. So wow. it was an unbelievable experience.
0: So I'll share a similar story. This deer that I shot right there with the drop time. Yeah, uh, that wasn't a that wasn't a high fence in Texas. It was a big ranch though. But it was the end of the season, and yeah. the ranch owner was like, "I want you to shoot. You know, I want you to shoot the biggest buck on the place." And I've been hunting him all season, but he has me pegged. He has me figured out. He knows the sound of my Jeep. So I go to one blind and I get pictures of him at the other, you know? Yeah. And so he's like, well, well, we haven't tried this yet. We're just going to park at the one blind. We're just going to walk in to the other one. Yeah. And I, he's like, I know he's going to, if, if my hunch is right, he's going to show up there. And sure enough, dude, yeah. I mean, that's exactly how it played out, but it works like out. that sometimes. Yeah. 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 They figure you out. So, um, yeah. so cool. Yeah. Leopard's still one high on my bucket list someday. You and I are going to have to tackle that. We're going to do
2: that. We're going to do that. Yeah. Home, man.
0: Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and I want to talk about what's going on with the latest COVID stuff in, in our country and, and how that affects South Africans. Perfect. Excellent. And that segment brought to you by Stealth Cam. I actually have left some Stealth Cams with Carl in South Africa over the years and the DS4K video quality is absolutely stunning. Now they've got the DS4K Ultra as well. Whether it's uh, baboons having a party at a local swimming hole, a leopard crossing a trail, a big old dug boy Cape buffalo, or a beautiful kudu bull, you will not find better video quality in the trail camera market than the DS4K Ultra. You can find it at StealthCam.com. We'll be right back with more from our good friend Carl Van Sale on SCI's Lone Star. Guess I'll meet you in the middle. Hey guys cable smith here for stealth cam you know that i've been with stealth cam for a long time and there's a reason for that the cameras are reliable and they offer the best photo quality in the industry check out the reactor or the fusion those are the latest and greatest wireless cell cameras from stealth cam sending images to the stealth cam app right there on your phone it's like christmas every day instant updates check those cameras Get those bucks pattern, or know when you need to be at a certain stand because the hogs are coming in like clockwork. Whatever the case, check it out. You can find the entire lineup of Stealth Cameras cameras. <laughs> that sounds funny. You can find the et- <laughs> you can find the entire lineup at StealthCam.com. Cable okay, here for Big and J Whitetail Attractants. Few things are more enjoyable than to watch the kids put out the Big and J BB Squared and then start beating dad up to look at his cell phone. Why? Because they want to see what bucks are coming to eat the Big J. You can find their entire lineup of whitetail attractants at BigandJ.com. Tactical Skeleton Firearms specializes in custom AR-10 firearms. They're best known for their AR-10 308 pistols. Also, dual-caliber AR-10 rifle systems and dual-caliber AR-15 takedown pistols. Tactical Skeleton specializes in custom Cerakoting engraving. And they'll custom laser cut the foam insert inside your hard gun case. They'll also take on any exotic caliber build offered on the AR-10 or AR-15 platform. Precision, machining, and hand-built quality guaranteed by a lifetime warranty? Who does that? Get free shipping on your order when you visit TacticalSkeleton.com today. There's something nostalgic about the old-timey General Store, and that's exactly what you're going to find in downtown Goldwaite, Texas, at the Mills County General Store. They're licensed FFL with rifle, pistols, and shotguns, ammo, gun accessories, hunting accessories, deer, corn, and attractants, sporting goods. They've got a wide array of knives to choose from, plus insulated apparel for both work and camo for hunting season, fishing supplies. They've got foods like anchor tea, grass-fed beef, Dublin sodas, gourmet sauces, and a whole lot more. Also, Ace Hardware. From wall to wall, they have it all. Check it out. The Mills County General Store right there in Goldwaite, Texas. And I go
2: there. I wait my turn on the broke stairs and give me the girl with the gold
0: hair. Oh, yeah. I'd leave your clothes there on the fold. Cable Smith, welcoming everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Like We're still visiting with our pal you of. Carl and I have been friends, what, six years now, I think, something like that, and I've been to Africa with him five times, but our good friend Carl Van Sale of John X Safaris, and we're going to get into the ridiculousness of what our country, well, how our country is affecting international business when it comes to hunting, particularly trade show season is upon us, and Biden has implemented this travel ban. So what does that mean for all of our international hunting friends and outfitters? Uh, we'll get Carl's take momentarily. This segment brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and Blinds. You've heard me talk about the Big Chingon, and there's a reason for that. If you're at a point where introducing your kids into hunting is important to you, and it's the time to do that, the Big Chingon is the answer. I can fit all three kids plus the wife in this blind, and it's comfy. It's got carpet. It's got cup holders. It's got windows for archery or rifle. It's the Big Chingon, and you can find it at allseasonsfeeders.com. Okay, well, let's get back into it with Carl. Certainly appreciate you sticking around.
2: It's a pleasure, bud. Um, I I see the world news this morning is giving us a bit bit of good news. When we so speak I, about Corona. Well,
0: well, I haven't seen it yet because you're about eight hours ahead of us. You know, it's afternoon there, morning here.
2: Yeah. It, it, no, no. It's, it's just, just before five in the afternoon for me.
0: Okay. So what is the good news?
2: Yeah. So so obviously um, Omicron, the Corona strain was was uh, identified here, yeah? not discovered yet. Yeah? It was just right. the, the genetic makeup was identified and and. Uh, Once again, the world went to town on us, saying that there's a new variant in South Africa, et cetera, et cetera, we all know how this goes. Uh, But a long story short, they locked us down and put us on a red list. And as South Africans and Southern Africans from the continent with our passports, we were not able to travel anywhere to the first world. And uh, most notably, obviously, this was this is going to affect our show season. Right. Um, Last night, the United Kingdom announced as of 4 a.m. this morning, the 15th, they would remove the red list because there was no science behind the spread of the disease versus the travel restrictions. And so the red list has been banned in the United Kingdom. And we feel that's a very positive step uh, of moving in the right direction. And and we are hopeful that the United States will also lift uh, the restriction on us as soon as possible. Obviously, we want to get to the U.S. Uh, Our show season's coming up. We want to get to Safari Club International in Las Vegas, Uh, you know, um, around about the 20th. We need to be in Las Vegas already of January and, and, and at this stage, we're we battling with flights. But what the interesting part is, Americans, Europeans, you name it, they're flying in in whores, in, in and the planes are flying back fairly empty because none of us are able to fly. Uh, so, so it's interesting, you know, it's like as if this is an African disease suddenly because the rest of the world comes and goes as they pleases, yet we can't with our passports. Yeah. So we understand uh, from the U.S. perspective, you know, speaking to American now, we understand that they do not want to overwhelm your health system, and that uh, that that there is science behind that and the numbers with regards to the fact that you have to take care of American citizens and you can't have the world flocking to you. But at the same time, I think it's 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 becoming fairly obvious that this strain is not as severe as any of the previous.
0: Oh yeah, it's just going back to the fear mongering that's been yeah. going on for the last two years, but. I do feel like Africa throughout this process has taken it on the chin as like, like the scapegoat, like, well, it's, it's, you know, it's this other variant started in Africa again. And like, you know, who knows where they really start and why it it doesn't really matter. Uh, But it's crazy that we were allowed to come in and fly into South Africa and then come back to the States, you know, without really any restrictions. And yet you yeah. guys weren't allowed to come over here. Like, this doesn't yeah. make any sense to me.
2: It, it, it's crazy. But we, we, we're very hopeful. And, and the fact that United, interestingly, uh, they launched their direct flight last Wednesday, uh, the New York to Cape Town. And that, we feel, is very positive. We don't feel that United would have launched that direct flight if they didn't know something we don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so... So, so we we're we hopeful. We remain positive. We really want to get to the US. We 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 missed last year. We missed seeing our friends. We missed attending the hunting conventions, uh, and, and 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 you know, truth be told, cable. As much as we want to run our businesses and survive and feed our families and and protect our assets, at the same time we play a role in the um, fundraising for 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 the various. Uh, clubs in the U S and, and and we yeah. feel that we also need to be present to assist in those efforts. So, so it, it's a kind of a catch 22. We're trying to get there for ourselves. We're trying to get there for the clubs. We're all life members. We're all part of this whole industry together, but uh, they sure are making it tough at the moment.
0: Mm-hmm. There are also some uh, switching gears just a little bit, but there's some interesting language in our current government budget proposal on, trophy importation in our our budget appropriations bill that's been proposed. It's currently up for vote. Uh, I think the the Senate hasn't voted on it yet. But the alarming thing, and it's uh, SCI that's keeping me abreast of what's going on there, it's um, the language in the bill, Carl. They're not saying they're not going to allow you to import trophies. They're just saying that they won't have a position that they'll be paying to do that job. So as it stands, that, that would They're eliminate not facilitate it. it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can go and you can shoot whatever and then you can try to import it. But that person that's supposed to process it, that job just isn't going to exist. So yeah. it, it hasn't been passed. I don't think, I think that the conservatives will thwart that out and make it a, yeah. a point like, Hey, this is absurd because it is, it wouldn't just affect South Africa it would affect, uh, you know, if you went to Tajikistan and shot yeah. some kind of yeah. uh, ibex or, world mark, or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. Canada, uh, yeah. Canada, yeah. So it uh, it's certainly concerning, and and they're they're keeping tabs on that. But uh, yeah, it's one to one to look at for sure. I think it'll get straightened out. But it just goes back to what what I always am pissed off at my country. For the reason for this when it comes to dictating to the rest of the world how you have to manage your wildlife we've mm-hmm. given you the blueprint right north american conservation model yeah it's it's the best it works you've yeah. taken that your country has taken that and run with it other yeah. countries uh, Namibia, you know yeah. they've done the same it's thing very, well. And, very and, well and yet we sit here on our first world throne and get to dictate to you guys how you manage it OK, even though you followed our blueprint, it's just asinine on every level.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's such Carl, a you can bash thing. us.
0: It's fine. You no. can rag on it. Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> that's not
2: what it is. It, it, it's the same thing as the Corona, but it's exactly the same thing as Corona. We're dealing with emotional ideologies and not science based mm-hmm. and everything in the world that follows emotion, it, 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 it's never sustained. Because the reality is somebody somewhere has to face the reality. They can't live in a cloud and somebody on the ground somewhere faces the day to day fight of whatever that thing is in the world. Maybe people in hospitals, maybe wildlife on the ground in Africa or in Texas or in Canada. Uh, The reality is somebody still faces it every day, wakes up in the morning and tries and makes a difference. And those people at the end of the day go through difficult times, but it, it seems to ebb and flow and they do figure it out because luckily it seems like people do come to their senses our fear is just how much damage is done before they come to their senses uh, I think the message most certainly in the hunting world, and if you look at some of the fantastic work coming from all around the world with the beautiful films guys are making and, and, and sharing and enlightening and educating the audiences that are sitting on the, on the fence, the middle ground that you and I always talk about, we don't have to worry about Cable. Cable's going to be a hunter, he's going to be pro and he's always going to do it. We're not going to deal with the, the guy on the left. He's never going to agree with Gable, but we do want to try and meet the guy in the middle and say, "Give us a chance and hear our case," mm-hmm. uh, because that could affect the the outcome for our wildlife. Yeah. Um, but but I'm going to throw something at you, and and this is something that I've been thinking about. And what what do you and your viewers think about the term trophy and trophy hunting? Should we not start looking at uh, at 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 what the connotations are around that, and, and and what we're doing.
0: Well, who was it? It was Ivan Carter that told me. He was on a you know he was on an airplane twenty years yeah. ago. Coming to the states, yeah. and people asked him what he did. It's like I'm a trophy hunting guide. You know we hunt lions and elephants and dan- yeah. you know big five dangerous game. And people used to think that was cool. Yes. You know? yeah like they want to have a yeah. conversation they want to hear about yes. those stories today yes. if someone asks him what he does he doesn't even mention it mm-hmm. like it, it's it's not even worth it because people are too emotionally triggered by the term yeah. trophy on it. but oh. here's the so i i never shy away from it because to me a trophy means you took the old mature male out of the population i.e you took the right animal Not only did you take the right animal, you hunted a very smart animal that evaded predators, evaded humans until he reached maturity. So, you know, that's the best animal to take. And so there's also a, yes, the antlers or horns is part of the trophy. The experience of outsmarting, outwitting, going toe to toe with with an old bull or old ram or old buck, that's part of the trophy. And then obviously... Feeding your family, feeding your friends. We sit around the, the dinner table at my house. We sit around the the dining hall at John X Safaris. And we, we share in the rewards of the hunt as well. So it, it's all part of the trophy, the experience, all of it. But here's my question to throw it back to you. Okay, do away with the term trophy, Carl. Replace it with what? W- five years from now, that term is now stigmatized. That, so I don't, That is I don't, the I don't,
2: one thing I, yeah. I do agree with you on that one. Yeah. It's to put minds together and say, is it the hunt? What, what is it? It's, uh, you know, because sometimes it's, it, 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 you know, the hunt can be conceived many different ways and that's a whole different, uh, it's like ethics. Ethics can be, you know, each person's got different standards of ethics and what you're comfortable with. But I often wonder if uh, we, we, we changed the, the, how can I say, if we changed some of the, the branding of Mm. of what we communicate Uh, and we we self-regulated ourselves a little bit if we looked at some of the pictures we post and the things we do and we say to ourselves, if we had to just look at this picture and if it provided any self-doubt, would we put it up or wouldn't we put it up? I mean, am I right in saying that a lot of what we sit with today is due to the fact that social media gave all of us a platform?
0: Oh, as much no good
2: as it's done, it's yeah. really given us a platform to often uh,
0: do a lot of damage. Yes. I, well, I would say that we haven't changed, right? No, no, we have haven't changed. We, we, yeah, correct. if you go back and look at uh, safari magazines or journals from 25 years ago, it's the same images, you know? Yes, I agree. And, and now we even do a better job. Like maybe there was more blood associated with those. Like, I yes. mean, when we take an animal with John X, And I don't think it's specific just to John X. I think most safari companies across Africa now are very cognizant of the image that they put out. And so there is no blood. It's all wiped off. I mean, there's you, the tracker, the cameraman, myself. Everyone is hands-on, making sure that animal is spotless, that it looks respectful. I mean, I think that that job is being done, right? We're trying to put out the the image. But we haven't really changed. It's going back to what you said about social media, it's the times have changed and now it's yes. there at everyone's fingertips. They don't have to pick up a safari magazine. Yeah. You know, like how, yeah. what are the odds of a, a non-hunter in 1980 picking up a safari journal? Probably not at all. Like why would they, they wouldn't look at it, right? Now it's no. just in their face. So yeah, nonstop. Yeah. So yeah, I think that has changed, but no, yeah, it's, I don't know.
2: It's a, it's a complicated one.
0: Yeah, it is. But again, change the terminology and I think give it five years, 10 years, and then, then you're going to have to be on hand. it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Part of me always just says, we just, we should just be proud of what, what we do and just keep doing it and just keep fighting. But I don't we'll know.
2: keep fighting. That's, that's a given, but it's that middle ground. We need the help. Yeah. And I think that's the one that's the important factor. We'll
0: keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. We're not going to change, M- but maybe the messaging could change a little bit but it's like my neighbors they don't hunt you know they they see me out in the front yard shooting my bow and they're like okay we'll soon as redneck stuff again you know but but as long as he keeps bringing me deer shoulders or pork tenderloin they don't care you know so they don't hunt but but they like the eating the wild game yeah and uh and they're not opposed to hunting it's you know so i think they're curious i think they see somebody doing that kind of stuff they're like they're generally intrigued by it
2: we'll take them yeah we'll take them invite them
0: I will tell you this, they're from the Ukraine. They escaped, ah. they, they left the, so, uh, the, the USSR when it was still communist, escaped yes. to Chicago. Uh, wow. they're, they're about late 40s. Uh, mm-hmm. Dean and Tanya are their names. They have two boys. They, so he came here as a teenager. And then they left Chicago to move to Texas for, they like the way that freedom smells down here. And he told me, he's <laughs> like, dude, what, why we left Russia? we're starting to see that same stuff in Chicago and I'm not going to raise, raise my boys there. So it just tells you, it just tells yeah. you, man, it's, yeah, yeah. it's all around us. And, yeah. uh, they, they, they saw what Texas, the freedoms that we enjoy here. And they were like, yeah, we, we want to do that. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, maybe I will take them hunting. If, yeah. if they express any interest, I'll invite them. Um, well, cool, Carl. I, uh, want to reiterate the date it is July 25th through August 2nd. Coming up this summer again, no travel restrictions for Americans. Nothing. We can come in and Nothing. out. Yeah. Um. So and,
2: and and the message I wanna I wanna share with the viewers, uh, if you give me a minute, is that um, to each and every one uh, of you tuning in, no matter where you hunt around the world, um, the importance of your experience, your trip, your investment in your time away from your work, your families, your businesses. Um, I can't tell you guys from if I. Speak spoke on behalf of the industry the difference you made from 2020 to 2021 and i feel for my friends in new zealand they still have not had a season and we really hope that our new zealand friends can get out of this loop as well and start getting back online the way we did in 21. our 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 hopelessness of 2020 was replaced with a unbelievable 2021 and as a lot of my competitors and my good friends feel the same way and we start a beat about next year and and Africa and its wildlife is thriving because of your efforts and that's for wildlife around the world and you know go on your trips book book those dream months and thanks for supporting us I think it's a it, it, if ever we saw the importance of you and your dreams we did during 2020 when when they were not possible
0: well and I'll say the most rewarding moment of my my time in Africa over the years with you was. Going to the uh, the school that yes. essentially, I mean, there was a school there that existed, yes. They didn't have electricity. They didn't have water. They didn't have a soccer field, basketball goals. The Taking part of the Cape Buffalo that we hunted together to the school and donating the meat to them, seeing the reaction on the kids and the staff's faces as they're singing and dancing, they're so happy to have this meat. And then mm. to play soccer on the field that was built by hundreds dollars through and, and through the physical labor that John X provided. Um, that is where you, you look at what you're doing and you say, yeah, we're doing the right thing here. This is a, a justified endeavor. And here's the proof in the smiles on these kids faces.
1: Yeah,
2: no, absolutely. And we all do it for different reasons I eh, Cable. We, we all hunt and follow this lifestyle and this way for different reasons and we all can find something within the outdoor world may it be helping a little school, may it be a experience on the side of a mountain in Chizikistan, may it be in Alaska or Africa. Uh, I think the main thing is uh, you keep dreaming, you keep following and you keep going and that's what makes this this whole thing with the wildlife thrive and go around. Mm-hmm. you know it's wonderful.
0: So where can folks find John X?
2: Cable. They can find us at johnxsafaris.com on the net. Uh, they can connect with our YouTube channel. We have got a lot of good new videos coming up. We've got two a month coming up from after Christmas. We're going to be hitting it hard. There's a really special video coming out. Uh, and and we, we appreciate all the following on YouTube. And then all the social media platforms and they can find us with you on Lone Star Outdoor Show. And you guys can join Cable on Safari. And if you want to see some funny stuff and you don't know Cable that well, you want to see him in Africa. (laughs) Join him on Safari for lots of fun, fantastic hunting. And yeah, we, 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 tend to meet new guys every year. And it seems like our group and our friendship circle just gets bigger. So it's been so fun over the years and seeing that growth.
0: All right, my friend. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thanks, Gable. And, 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 and listen,
2: all, all the best with Bella. We, we're thinking of you. Um, we, we know you've got a few experiences left there, mate. And I know you over the years, we've always spoken about our love for dogs. And you yeah. and I, we sit many a day discussing our wonderful memories and thinking of you and your hoping she she, she she makes a few good more hunts for you there, mate. And have a good Christmas and lots of love to the family. Eh?
0: You as well, my friend. All Cheers, right. man. So there he goes, Carl Van Sale of John X Safari my good friend. And, uh, you know, trust is a big thing when it comes to hunting and especially booking international trips. Carl, over the years, certainly has earned my trust. Um, seriously, you, you go to a, a foreign place, you need to be comfortable with the people that are essentially taking care of you, right? You don't know what's up from down a lot of times in a foreign country, especially one that you haven't been to before. And that's why shows like SCI's 50th uh, annual convention coming up are so important because you can make those connections, you can feel out outfitters and see if they're a good fit for you, if they're someone that you think you'd be comfortable with in a new and exciting and maybe sometimes even a little bit sketchy situation. Uh, But anyway, yeah, if you're interested in that trip, July 25th through the 2nd of August, shoot me an email, Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com. That segment of the show proudly brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy and our good friends over at Lone Star Ag Credit. Coming up next, we're talking Whitetail Deer and Heated Core Technology with Numa Outdoors' Will Cooper, on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors Show.
2: Talks all about AA.
1: Chain smoking while the stereo plays. Noel, Noel, the first Noel. Caught the turkey, turned the ball
0: Let's face it, guys. We all would love to own land, right? But they're not making any more of it. However, there's a solution. Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. Whether you want it for recreating, ranching, fishing, hunting, or just to get the hell out of Dodge for the weekend, visit Lone Star Ag Credit today to start making that dream a reality. Hey, guys. Cable here. And if there's one service, one company that I rely on heavily when planning my next backcountry hunt, it's Onyx Hunt. They have, for a long time, set the gold standard when it comes to giving me the information I need to basically predict where I'm going to find animals. And if you can hone in on where the animals are going to be, you're going to be more successful. Onyx uses their own topo maps, plus, I mean, geographical features like watering holes or a meadow system that works its way down a mountainside where you know those elk are going to be feeding and muleys in the morning and evenings. Yeah, it'll show you that as well. Uh, plus, of course, private property boundaries. Where does the National Forest end? Where does Rancher Joe's property start? Yeah, it's going to show you that as well. So whether you're planning a backcountry hunt or just picking ambush points to hang your tree stands on your whitetail property, OnX shows it all to you. They've got different layers you can apply to a, a specific grid or a piece of property. It's really rad, and here's the cool thing. You'll save 20% when you order your Onyx subscription by using my promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at onxmaps.com. Spawn is right around the corner. Your reels have been re-spooled, and the tackle box is ready to roll. But the question is, can your truck handle another season of pulling your boat in and out of the water every weekend? Call David Boone at Third Coast Diesels. He'll make sure your truck is not what sinks your next fishing trip. Offering a widespread array of diesel parts and services, call 214-326-1176 or visit thirdcoastdiesels.com today.
1: There's time, she
2: come down, she spread her loving all over this town. They say she carry, carry silver dagger, they they never stagger to come down.
0: Gilbert Dagger, the name of that one, from Charlie Crockett, bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith here with you. As always, thanks for dropping by. Hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. Uh, I hope that you've made time to watch Christmas Vacation three or four times at a minimum. Maybe Christmas Story, you'll shoot your eye out. (laughs) Although my kids tend to gravitate towards... Home Alone, and Elf. They're not allowed to watch Christmas Vacation yet anyway. But um, yeah, hope that you're making the most of the holiday season with you and yours. Tis the most wonderful time of the year. Um, We're all set to visit with our friend Will Cooper of Numa Outdoors. But before we talk a little whitetail hunting and get into their latest and greatest gear, this segment of the show... Proudly brought to you by Mossberg Firearms and the Patriot Rifle Lineup. It's chambered in everything from 22,250 on up to 375 Ruger. Henry just took his first Javelina in South Texas this weekend with the old 243. He absolutely loves that gun. You will too. Check it out. It's the Patriot. Reliable, accurate, durable Mossberg. American made, family owned. You can find it at mossberg.com. With that being said, let's bring him on right now. I don't even know what Will's title is because he's got his – well, he's got a lot of irons in the fire over at NUMA. But uh, it's my pleasure to welcome Will Cooper to the show.
1: Man, thanks for having me. Uh, Pretty excited to get on your show. Uh, I've been listening to you for a while and long before my NUMA day, so it's kind of exciting to
0: to get to be on here, man. Well, it is my pleasure, and uh, we certainly had a good time in uh in camp i think that was like towards the uh, third or fourth week of october we did a little bow hunting at the uh cinco cuernos i actually just had dan staten on the show last week did you uh, yeah we we re- relived that and how i had to bail early because uh the wife wasn't was in the hospital but uh yeah no uh, i think everyone in, in camp pretty much hit it off um oh yeah we had a, it was a great a great time hopefully we can do it again if they uh, will let us come back and fling some more arrows at the Cinco Cuernos.
1: Dude, I'd love, I'd love to go back. That's an awesome ranch. It's, oh, 1500 acres or so. I can't remember the exact acreage, but I mean, it's just a prime example of what a well-managed ranch in South Texas looks like, or Southwest Texas, if you will. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It was awesome. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, well, actually, before I give you my sob story of my buck that my neighbor shot, uh, you shot a buck this weekend. I saw on your Dude, Instagram.
1: I finally got it done. Um, this year has kind of been hell, if you will. It's been challenging. Lots of opportunities that I've had. Uh, screwed up. Like that buck, I actually missed a week ago at 42 yards. Missed him. Oh, wow. I was pissed. I, first buck I've ever actually missed with the bow before. Mm. i was <laughs> pretty uh pretty devastated to say the least but i finally got it done this weekend on him i busted out the 30 out six and i was like all right enough of this i don't know what this guy's doing uh he's hard as hell to kill with a bow and i need to get some meat in the freezer so I busted out the 30 out six in the first morning he comes strolling in wow nice
0: yeah, yeah beautiful but what was he a uh, 10 point 11 point what was he
1: uh, 10 point. I'd 10 point. been watching him all year and just, I thought he got shot cause he disappeared for probably a good month. And then he just started coming back out of nowhere. I guess he must've chased a doe off onto another property somewhere.
0: And then just kept chasing the next doe and the next doe. And- oh
1: yeah. We were, I think after our hunt that we had at the end of October, I went out to the place to fill one of our feeders and checked a field that we hadn't Normally it's got oats planted in it, but we didn't this year just because the hogs are absolutely insane out there. And I actually watched him along with another buck breed a couple of does in a field one evening.
0: Mm. Nice. Yeah. We saw that in South Texas this weekend, my son and I, and I told him that the mm-hmm. buck was just giving the doe a hug. So <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: a that's a good way to uh curve that conversation for a little while. Huh? Oh yeah.
0: Like, well, be daddy's doing it from behind. I was like, I, yeah, I know this animal hug, <laughs> hug differently, Henry. Sorry. You know, he's how only, old is he? He's about to turn nine, so we haven't had the conversation about the birds and the bees yet. I think Not we're still yet. a little ways away from that. Uh, but he's seen it all this season. Like you, you talked about um, up until this weekend how frustrating yours was. Mine's been the same way. I uh, this buck that I called the freak, mm-hmm. he. I think you've seen pictures of him. I rattled him in opening opening weekend, seventy five yards. Go to shoot him, <sighs> misfire. The the it was like a I don't know what happened. It was Federal uh, Power Shock, um, three hundred Win Mag.
1: Really, round. so it was a
0: high quality round. But I mean, you could see a dimple clearly where the firing pin hit <sighs> the primer, and I'm just li- literally looking at this buck. There was only two deer that I wanted to kill. One's named mm-hmm. Ghost for a reason. He left October 30th, never saw him again. 170-inch buck. We don't have those where I hunt, at least I never no. saw And And, uh, yeah, he went MIA, so I was like, okay, well, this is non-typical. He's like, all oh, this palmation, uh, like a mainframe eight rack, but just palmation on every point. Real Dang. weird. He won't score very well. Like He's not very wide, but just so unique. Yeah. And so yeah i had that i had that interaction with him rattled him in and didn't you know equipment failure and then uh this the sits started to add up for this deer and just you know when the rut hit he was he would come and go but you couldn't pattern mm-hmm. him and i noticed when i was in south texas with the family this past weekend like he started to show up routinely in the morning and afternoon and yeah he went, he went across the road and this lady Caroline shot him, and she's you know my first thing when when my landowner sent me the text is like the freak's down. I was like oh like I got gut punched, and then, like, and then I was like but you know what? That's what I love about you know low fence hunting on to some level yeah. it's like, and 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 the fact that she's a good neighbor you know we shared we shared photos and had great conversations and like I told you every time I was talking to her it seemed like she had mm. a bigger dip in than I did so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the good old, the good old gal. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, the thing that sucks though is when Henry saw the photo, he started crying. He was like, "Oh no, Dad!" Damn. <laughs> so he took it pretty hard. And I was he like, took it harder than you did. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I was like, "Son, it's okay. That's the way it goes." So we, we're 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 happy for her. It's a great yeah. talk We know we had interactions with it. We had all. The, I said the saddest thing for me is that we won't ever see him on camera again yeah that that part's gone but yeah i know it was fun chasing him and um henry slow fence hunting it is and and we were when we were in south texas this weekend you know henry was there to to get on a buck and was so super foggy the first morning my buddy put us in a sendero or or a a blind where you could see you know four different senderos and sure enough the buck was out but it was so foggy uh i didn't want to accidentally shoot the wrong deer you know yeah. Uh, so I was like, no, I, don't, I can't. Also, a management buck down there, totally different than what a management buck would be like where I hunt. <laughs> like, oh, 100%. like a 135 inch, 100 percent, hundred and thirty-five inch. I I ended up texting my buddy. I said, I think I'm looking at the deer. He's, but he's way too wide. Like, you don't want Henry to shoot this deer, right? He's like, no, short, short, short tines all the way across main frame eight. No, that's him. Shoot him. And and finally, wow. he's like, okay, Henry, here he is. He's got the two forty three on him. And this doe walks right in front, dude. Like there's just no I was like, all right, you can't shoot. And he's like, I know, I know, I can't, you know, can't make a clean shot. And and then the deer eventually just turn around and walk straight away. And as a at eight years old, we're not doing the Texas heart shot yet. So No, not yet. No. <laughs> I've never That's actually not- shot an animal in the ass, I'm not gonna lie. I've I've shot him I've shot elk in the chest with a bow, but I've yeah. never taken the, the Texas heart shot.
1: Uh, I don't think I have either. Not on a animal that i want to eat at least uh not even a pig i mean probably on some varmints and stuff but never never on that yeah but
0: But he did shoot a javelina uh so that was cool something different shot his first javelina and we uh we cooked it up and i was gonna say i saw y'all y'all were eating it how was it oh so good so you just have to cut that scent gland like Mm -hmm. on their top of their back that's why they get the nickname stink pigs uh but man it was better than better than wild pork. We he also. Really. So my buddy smoked it for like 4 hours. Then he took it out and finished it in the oven at like 205 for like 8 hours. And it was just fall and he brined it the day before. It was just fall apart. Sheesh. And so then we made we made tacos. There was basically no havelina left and a lot of the venison. So everyone mm-hmm. went for the for the havelina. So it was pretty damn good. And I've cooked Heck them yeah. before but not like that um i think they i think they get a bad reputation for no reason just because they stink initially but the meat's beautiful um i'll have
1: to try that sometime if i shoot one
0: yeah um well let's talk a little bit about you man so you've been with numa for how long
1: uh coming up on a year and a half now And, and what do you what is your official job title so it's field operations manager, but I think that's going to change just a little bit because uh, I get asked all the time, like, what does that mean? Like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I wear a lot of different hats. So what I've done in the past is I've managed our social media pages, run the podcast that we've got, our blog. And then the uh, best way it's been described before is taking NUMA to the masses. And so I was in charge of getting our trade show booths to Total Archery Challenge, Texas Trophy Hunters uh the DUX show up in Fort Worth and just anything else so just really just getting the product at the boots on the ground level to people.
0: Mm. That that DU expo was way too hot.
1: <laughs> oh dude. It's like 115 degrees in front of that little concert venue. Yeah. <laughs> it was so horrible. I think that event will be much more well
0: attended this year. Come I think they're doing it in April which is well that was the plan last time but then because of covid they were like well let's do it in july in texas freaking miserable texas motor speedway it was
1: horrible but april will be great yeah april 20th through the 22nd i think is when they're having it Mm -hmm. um
0: okay so you are a jack of all trades over at numa
1: what what'd you do before that so i've got kind of a wonky background i guess uh Started a college bass fishing team, which got me in the industry. I used to actually work for Wade Middleton at Carco TV. Uh, He has Yamaha Outdoor or Yamaha Whitetail Diaries on TV, Marathon Outdoors, and like some other TV shows. Uh, Did that for a little while. Then I actually went and coached college track up at McMurray University for three years. Met my wife and then her and I came down here. And that's where I managed an archery shop in Austin for a while. And then, uh, then I got hooked up with Numa man.
0: So where's McMurray state?
1: Uh, McMurray is up in Abilene. So you've seen a, a lot of different parts of Texas then. Yeah. Lots of different parts. I think really the only part I haven't been to is North of, uh, Amarillo. There's not much out there. No, <laughs> no, yeah. not besides the steakhouse, uh-huh. the, the
0: big Texan.
1: Yeah, the 72 announcer. I want to try no, I, it one day. I,
0: I've eaten there. I have not tried that steak.
1: Uh, I'm going to do it one steak. of these days. Um, you're a better
0: man than me. I'm, I'm checking out on <laughs> that. No way. No way. Well, as far as Numa is concerned, I've been with Numa since... I think the first time I wore Numa was on my uh, South African safari in July.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I had to
0: put some of the stuff to... Uh, to the test there, and South Africa is a lot more unforgiving than people. I think a lot of people realize it's it's a lot like South Texas where I was hunting in, mm-hmm. around Encinal this past weekend. Which, when we went to uh, get the javelina, Henry gets covered in cactus and he's like, this, oh, "This this sucks." You know, like I was like, "That's just part of part of the deal. If you don't drop it in the Sendero down here, then that's you better. Just get used to it." Yeah, it, it's well, not Can you fun. at least give me some gloves if we come back? <laughs> <laughs> He's picking cactus just out of his hands for the rest of the trip. But yeah, things that I've really enjoyed. And to be honest with you, it hasn't been that cold yet here. I don't mm. I don't know if it will get that cold. The uh what is it? Is it the brush guard pant? Yeah, the new oh. brush guard pant. Yeah. So that came in handy. I was wearing that down there. Someone else shot a doe. We had to go tracking that thing. And those things Keep the all the prickly, sticky things that you hate. Those things thwart those. I imagine you know for quail hunting, upland hunting, is it be perfect pant as well? Uh, and then yeah. the Alpha Vertex is basically what I what I've lived in this whitetail season. So I think anything under you know like forty five degrees. I mean over forty five degrees. I mean it's got fleece lining and stuff, but it's not too too heavy. -hmm. That's really come in handy, especially with the unseasonably hot winter we've had so far.
1: Yeah, it's that's pretty much. Go ahead. I was gonna say,
0: do you like to duck hunt,
1: dude? I've never been before, ever. Really? Okay. Well, we gotta we gotta
0: change that. So, I mean, like, I wouldn't typically think that Alpha Vertex is like a good duck hunting suit. Like, it's not built for extreme cold, but we haven't Mm -hmm. had any cold, so I've been wearing that duck hunting too.
1: Yeah, dude, this this year has been kind of crazy. I was a week ago, actually December 2nd. Actually, the, the buck that I killed the day I missed him, I was wearing our pursuit pants and our gun. Listen, no, our renegade quarters it because it was that hot. It was like 85 degrees. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like, what the hell, Texas?
0: Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. This is the second year in a row. So maybe it isn't unseasonable. Maybe this is the new norm. <laughs> I sure hope not. Or I'm going to be going to Kansas to hunt ducks a couple times a year and just, like, sell all my decoys and still, like, duck hunt, but just make go, like, for five days, maybe a couple yeah. times. Because this is pathetic. I wasted a lot of money on a on a duck lease last year. Mm-hmm. We shot limits opening day, and then I think it, we did the math. It was, like, $150 a bird after that. Jeez. Like, well, it was, yeah, it was like, we just quit
1: going. It was, like, I don't know. I- I hope it's not the new norm because if it is, then we're probably going to have another ice escapade in February. Uh, yeah.
0: No, we had a lot of ducks. Then
1: they'd they'd already gone back north,
0: and then they were like, "Oh, whoa, whoa, tap the brakes, <laughs> turn around." We're actually going to go to Texas now. We haven't been there yet this year, so <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. So talk a little bit uh, a little bit about Numa's history. They haven't been around that long. A lot of people mm-hmm. aren't familiar with Numa. But the and I've worn all of the I've worn, you know, all the gear from top companies that people are familiar with. The yeah. QUs, the First Lights, the Sitkas. Numa's right there in that marketplace as far as the quality of the gear is concerned. Mm-hmm. Maybe not at the at that high of a price point, but it's all uh pretty well, we're in Shields, but other than that, it's direct to consumer. So you're able to shield the consumer from, from some of that big box store cost.
1: Well, and we're also going to be, uh, aside from shields and, and direct to consumer, we're going to start going into a few smaller shops, but no, we're, we're right up there with them, man. I mean, we, we're competitive and we've just got a great gear. That's, we don't like to pigeonhole ourselves in a corner mm-hmm. by saying, you know, we're an ultralight gear or we're a sheep hunting gear or just, we, we don't want to pigeonhole. So we try to make gear that, Anybody can use everywhere. And now people probably say like, oh, it's hard to be that gear for everything. It's not really, but that's just what we do. But no, um, 2016, NUMA was founded by Scott Schultz, where Casa Outdoors, which is the holding group that owns NUMA, purchased in, I believe it was 2019. And that's where you probably saw like our old desert pattern, uh, the terra pattern. And then that's when we came up with Casa. Uh, that pattern was actually designed in Texas. And originally, NUMA was kind of thought to be we wanted to be this Texas brand. Casa um, is going to be a Texas pattern. We'll start making patterns for other terrains, other hunts. But then we quickly found out that our pattern works well anywhere. Yeah. And like you can see, like, you know, there's guys up colorado wyoming everywhere else that's picking this gear up and they're taking it out west and putting it through the ringer
0: yeah well and i was shocked when i got over to south africa mm-hmm. and one of the ph's in camp that i'm good friends with his name sticks he was fully decked out in numa i was like what the hell where did you get that dude yeah and he was like yeah well, he's like uh we got hooked up with the uh, uh the taxidermy shop that we use over here was mm-hmm. before COVID, I think, supposed to be selling a lot of Numa's gear. And then kind of stuff went to hell. And I think they ended up giving the gear to PHs. So
1: I don't know how all that played out. If there's any bad. Blood, I don't either. But, I, I, uh, no, no. I don't think it's bad blood. I've, I've heard this. I think we were, there was something we were supposed to be doing over there. But then, like you said, COVID happened. And I don't think anything's happened since. Yeah. But I was shocked. He, and Sticks was like, yeah, this Kaza.
0: He's like, I, I love this stuff. So yeah, it's, it's effective everywhere. tell Dan was on the show last week. He's primarily yeah. a Western elk hunter. That's what, I mean, cause is perfect.
1: So. It is, man. Like I could get down to the nitty gritty of the different layers, you know, the macro and micro layers, but basically it just, the way that pattern is designed is that any terrain you're in. The, so basically let's say you're in a green lush environment, that patterns is designed to pick up on that green and magnify it more to help break up your outline.
0: Or, well, well hell, South Texas brush country. Yeah. This weekend, my buddy was like, I, I like that pattern for here. It's like, yeah, because South Texas stays kind of green. Yeah, it does. All, all the mesquites and Wajias. Yep, yep. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty effective any place that I've, that, where, where I would be hunting. Uh, in the duck blind, Whatever doesn't matter. Um I I'd put it up there with any pattern that I've ever worn for sure. Uh what about like as far as the I, I think you guys really cater towards bow hunters, right? As far yes. as making stuff that's that's quiet, um breathability, you know, layering systems, all that's important is like I'm always sweating by the time I'm to my same. Stomach. you know, you're walking in um having gear that isn't going to cause you to, because if you start sweating, next thing is you get cold. Mm -hmm. So talk about layering, breathability, all that good stuff. As far as, you know, from a bow hunting standpoint is concerned.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, a lot of what we do, all of our gear, we make it with the bow hunter in mind. Like if you look at the new alpha vertex way that we have the, the neoprene cuff on it, Mm -hmm. it's so it's designed to not get in the way of your release, especially if you're, You know, obviously with the introduction of thumb releases now, but a lot of people still wear wrist index releases. I do, for sure. Yeah, I kind of go back and forth myself, but we designed that. And then when you look at like our Waypoint jacket or our Selkirk jacket, there's a tree stand port harness on your back. So that way you don't have to wear the harness on the outside. You can wear it right on top of your base layers, your mid layers, and then you can put your outer shell, like your Waypoint, and your Selkirk on top. But... We try to make layers to help you be comfortable in any situation. It's basically geared for anything that the weather's going to throw at you. Uh, We've got your standard Merino base layers. We've got a new base layer out this year. It's called the Base Haven. It's a mix between a polyester and Merino base layer. So it's going to still keep that moisture off your body, but maybe not necessarily be as heavy as a Merino piece. And I've actually been wearing so
0: more breathable
1: right a little bit more breathable but still get that moisture off your body so when you're doing like what you're saying is let's say it's 20 degrees outside and you're all bundled up layered up but you got a half mile to mile walk into your stand or if you're in the back country whatever it's going to keep the moisture off your body because as soon as you stop moving and you're sweating and if you have moisture next to skin it is going to chill you and then next thing you know you've got all these layers on and you're cold Uh,
0: and you know sometimes especially with socks i find it just like unavoidable like i've done oh uh, yeah quite a few times i've been in illinois muzzleloader hunting mm-hmm. and they drop you off here they're like here's the here's on here's where the tree stand is good luck i'm like <laughs> it's dark dude they're like yeah it's over there somewhere find it and i'm like <laughs> okay uh by the time i find it like my socks are soaked i had to start carrying another pair of socks get up into the tree stand Take my, take, every, take my boots off, everything, put on another pair of
1: socks because my feet Jeez. were freezing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that happened to me in Nebraska. The first hunt was in the morning. It was pitch black. We were using a hunt stand, and the guy was like, all right, here it is. Walking through here, and you'll find it. And so me and the camera guy, like, we get around, and we're just we're sitting there with their headlights on. We had to turn the bright white on, and we're looking around like, where the hell is this thing? And then finally we see it as soon as we get set up deer taken off everywhere. So oh, yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> hilarious.
0: I mean, I get it. They don't want to drive in there and blow everything out. That's why the, the, yeah. the guy I was with was like, this is as far as I go. I was like, yeah, but I've never been here. He's like,
1: yeah, you'll figure it out. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but shoot. no, I mean, that's why we have a really good uh, base layer system. And aside from that, we've got our heated core line.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a great place to work on a quick break here. We'll come back and talk about the heated core lineup and how that can benefit hunters in extreme cold weather. That segment proudly brought to you by SCI, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. The convention taking place January 18th through the 22nd at Mandalay Bay in lovely, or is it beautiful? It's beautiful, Las Vegas, right? Uh, But yeah jan 18th through the 22nd celebrating 50 years is sci in 2022 it's going to be the biggest baddest best convention of all time i will see you there for more info head over to safariclub.org we'll be right back with more from will cooper of numa outdoors christmas in texas it'll be about
1: 103 christmas
0: in Texas, the snow falling on TV. Christmas in Texas, I better grab another bag of ice. Christmas in Texas cuz warm here ain't
1: nice.
0: Hey guys, Cable here and if you're listening to this show, you probably like ARs. And I'm not talking about antler restrictions, I'm talking about, you know, ARs, modern sporting rifles. And Timber Creek Outdoors has the best way I've found to take your AR to the next level. It's the Enforcer Kit. It features high-end performance parts and jaw-dropping looks. It's perfect for sportsmen, competitors, firearms, enthusiasts, and people who trust their lives to their equipment, like you and I. When combined together, these parts improve usability as well as ergonomics, big word there, and dependability of any small-framed modern sporting rifle. Timber Creek products are manufactured by Americans in the USA. God bless America. And they implement uncompromising quality control and offer a lifetime warranty. They've got a bunch of different color options, something for everybody. I've got a hunter green enforcer kit on my 224 Valkyrie. Absolutely love it. You will too. Check out the enforcer kit at TimberCreekOutdoorsInc.com. If you're looking to remodel your home, add a deck or arbor to the back patio, redo your fence, or build your dream home from the ground up, look no further than ecr construction group my longtime bow hunting buddy josh brown is someone you can trust to deliver honest work on time ecr construction group also serves the north texas area specializing in roofing barn dominium builds painting and carpentry so for your next project call the folks i trust that's ecr construction group at 214-400-1444 or ecrcg.com In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatOfDallas.com today. Let it be Christmas everywhere. Let heavenly music fill the air. Let every heart sing. Let every bell ring. The story of hope and joy and peace. And let it be Christmas everywhere. Let heavenly. Cable Smith welcoming everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thanks so much for dropping by today. One of my favorites, let it be Christmas, little Alan Jackson for you, spreading that Christmas cheer. Uh, We are still visiting with Numa Outdoors. Well, he's a jack of all trades, but Will Cooper is still here, and we're going to talk about NUMA's heated core technology momentarily for those really cold December and January days. But first, this segment proudly brought to you by Vortex Optics and the Fury HD 10x42 range-finding binoculars. It's the perfect gift for that hunter in your life here this Christmas season. And you can find the Fury, which for me, it's a game-changer. It eliminates the need to carry a rangefinder and binos. Yep. It's all combined into one. You can find the Fury at vortexoptics.com. With that being said, let's get back into it here with Will. And I wanted to focus on the patented heated core technology that Numa well really is doing very well with. And maybe someday it'll even surpass what we're doing with the awesome outdoor apparel. But take us To a cold place, Will, and explain to us exactly how the heated core works.
1: So, to be honest with everybody, when I first started working for NUMA and I saw this heated core base layer that was battery-powered, I thought it was the biggest freaking gimmick there ever was. Like, there's no way that, there's just, who's going to use this? And, uh, dude, the first time I used it, it was 20 degrees. I was sitting in a tripod in Texas. It was... Right before Christmas, I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear this. I'm not going to wear any base layers. I think I just put a t shirt on over the vest. And I didn't, all I wore was the waypoint pants. And I just kept that thing on low. You've got the little battery packs, your pants and your top each have their own battery. And then your vest has a button on the chest. And then you've got a little button down on the pants. And I just put it on low because it's supposed to give you four to six hours of power. Dude. The only thing that got cold on me was my toes and my face. And then my fingers, I kept inside of our little hand warmer. That's also battery powered to keep it warm. And it was probably the most comfortable I've ever been in 20 degrees. So,
0: yeah, it sounds like a gimmick, but everyone that I've talked to that has actually used it swears by it. No. Yeah. I gave Um, go for it. No, i was just going to say, so, so how expensive is it? And, And actually, Cody Roberts, uh, he told me that a lot of snow skiers are are getting more interested in having that.
1: Dude, snow skiers, uh, ice fishermen, soccer moms. uh, It's quickly going to be getting pretty mainstream on its own is the best way to put it. And probably about all I can share right now at this point. But we've got something pretty big coming for 2022 uh, with that product.
0: And he, and so is that still on the NUMA website?
1: Yeah, you can find on the own entity now. Uh, right now, it's on our website, uh-huh. and the vest and pant with batteries you can get. Uh, we just changed the prices a little bit, uh, thanks to Joe Biden. I was going to um, say that. <laughs> we had to change the price a little bit but now the vest went from 160 to 199 for the vest but in my opinion you don't have to worry about buying freaking shake up hand warmers anymore the adhesive body warmers because this thing's just woven with carbon fiber all around that's in specific areas like your chest uh down at your abdominals your kidneys basically that those parts on your body as soon as they get cold uh you're pretty much done, and so these, this, these pieces are made to keep that warm. Mm.
0: Okay, right on. Yep, I haven't, I haven't tried it yet. I haven't had, I haven't been cold enough, like I said, mm-hmm. to really put on anything other than the merino base layer and then the the Alpha Vertex. I the guy I did wear the, the Waypoint. I think I wore it one morning when it was like in the 30s, but yeah, that dude. It's been like I said, uh, but. One ninety nine
1: for the vest. What was it for the mm-hmm. pants? Uh, pants is roughly the same. It's right there. Um, it's like one battery life.
0: You said how long will these things last?
1: It depends on what setting you have it on. Uh, so what I like to do. It just it depends. Um, like when I was in Nebraska, we had a morning where it was twenty five degrees, but we're sitting. I'm we're potentially like Midwest guys. This is this is for you. Like yeah. 100% like Nebraska, um, where you might be sitting all day for the, the rut. Um, what I would do as soon as I got in the stand, if my body chilled just a little bit, uh, I would just turn it on high for 15, 20 minutes. Or I would just keep spare batteries with me. Because uh, if, you, if you have it on high, you're only going to get about an hour's worth of power. Then we've got a medium setting that'll give you anywhere between like two to three. And then if you keep it on low, which Honestly, is all you need. You can get four to six hours out of it. Okay. Right on. And the pant is the same price as the vest, one ninety nine.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's gonna be a game changer for those all day sets if I go if I do I, I am going to Nebraska for muzzle odor hunt next year. Yeah. Right? Like northern Nebraska in the sand hills. And that I think was the coldest I've ever been when I was there <sighs> two years ago. Yeah. Um, for sure.
1: It gets brutally cold up there. Like when I was there. The first week in november on a white tail bow hunt i mean the second morning i think it was 23 or 24 on us so it's pretty crispy that morning
0: crispy, no, i think it was cold. like eight
1: eight degrees there
0: and the, and not sitting in a stand or a blind we were sitting on a hill just glassing
1: yeah you're gonna want it was to so, so cold that
0: your hands if you took them out of your gloves which you had to do to adjust the spotting scope and to effectively glass. Uh yeah, it was just like freaking miserable. So yeah. so yeah, I'm gonna
1: go back next year and do
0: it again. Uh because that's what we do. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's
1: yeah, I would take the hand warmer with you too, man. A couple extra batteries and you'll be good to go.
0: Yeah. Um okay, something cool. We've got a discount 20% off. Lone Star mm-hmm. 20. That's the discount uh through our show. Anything that's not in the outlet section of the website. 20% off so you guys will find everything you need there um palisade puffy that's one Dude. thing that my wife jacked from me this weekend it did get to <laughs> got into like the the 40s the last night we were in south texas mm-hmm. and uh yeah she was like i didn't bring a heavy jacket i was like i
1: got you man. here you go here you go yep. we've got so, some lifestyle versions of that come out here in january too okay so solid colors yeah, we're gonna have a uh OD green color. I don't know the exact color name of it yet, but it's gonna be like that dark military type green. It's gonna come out. That'll be available in January for the. It's gonna be called the Weekender. Actually, uh, the Palisade Puffy itself, it's a pretty pretty heavy fill. So I mean, that thing's gonna keep you warm when it gets super cold. But the Weekender, it's gonna be just a little bit lighter fill. Uh, a better day to day use jacket. Okay. Um,
0: basically, like we said, full lineup, base layers all the way Mm -hmm. to extreme cold weather outerwear. Yep, the heated, the heated core, very uh, much in play for anybody that's hunting all day sits, especially. Check that out if you're hunting in cold weather. I'm duck blind, thinking it's you know, if it ever gets cold here again, I'm going to turn mine on. Bass fishing in the winter here. Um, I don't do that. <laughs> what? What? Um, no, I mean, if, if, well, define winter. If if duck season's over, is it still winter? Because if I'm going to do something outdoors, I'm I'm not going fishing. Well, I'm sorry, fishing is for springtime, <laughs> summertime, uh, and I love fishing. Don't get me. I grew up yeah. doing that before hunting. But like, if there's an open hunting season, the rod and reels can they can just look at me from the corner of the garage because they're not getting picked up.
1: I'll typically start bass fishing in January. I would say, but as you're soon not as, a duck hunter. So that makes no, sense. I'm not. I'm not. Never done it. I'm from Central Texas, Fredericksburg, Texas. Uh, there's not a whole lot of ducks down here. Never been down south before to do it either. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna have to change that. So let me ask you this since you're all about the bass fishing and yeah, did, did it in college. Uh, what is your personal best and where did you catch it?
1: So my personal best actually came out of OHIV. Uh, couple summers ago post-college uh nearly a 10 pounder is like 9 8 uh on a deep dive and crankbait but then my personal favorite place to go fishing though would have to have been uh lake pickwick in alabama huh.
0: okay that well,
1: the pickwick's one i've never fished there but it's one yeah that the, the uh the elite series and
0: major league fishing hit up routine yep
1: yeah. Before, they, before they destroyed Amistad a
0: few years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes me really happy that you said just under 10 pounds because my personal best is 10-2-3, which Damn I it. caught out of a five-acre lake in McKinney, Texas. So.
1: Bass, <laughs> hey, dude, bass fishing is bass fishing. My uh, my buddy, he actually works at Proline Control Motors up in San Angelo, and he fishes tournaments religiously and uh, fished collegiately with them too, and he actually caught a 14-pounder out of ivy. Wow, yeah, Ivy's on fire, dude. I had
0: talked to uh, our Texas Parks and Wildlife um, uh, share lunker program leader. I can't remember mm-hmm. who. well. It used to be Larry Hodges for the longest, longest time. Yeah, and then it. Uh, what is the guy's name? Kyle Brook Brookshire. 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 That sounds right. I think that's his name. Anyway, he was explaining why Ivy is is back on top as far as it's putting out the most lunkers. That we've seen over the last two years, and I mean, just like giant fish. Dude. What did he say? Why? Uh, just like the lake's turning over again, and and we 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 came out of the drought, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, I don't
1: know. Yeah, because they got a turd floater up there two three years ago, because I used to live in Abilene, and there was a turd floater that filled that lake back up pretty good.
0: And well, and then when that happens, all of that vegetation that was. Ne- now on dry ground Mm -hmm. becomes available again uh so very as far as habitat and food sources are concerned very acute for for growing big fish and those those spikes and the number of of lunkers being uh brought in over the rails so Uh, but yeah that that fish that i caught let's go let's go back to me will Um, okay okay (laughs) (laughs) no it's funny because my dad has a and i've told him when he dies the he probably has some other things that I that I would want as a keepsake. Yeah. But he has, I think it's about, I think it's an 8-7 he caught out of Lake Fork. In I believe early, it. Early 90s. And back then, you didn't do replica mounts. You just killed the fish, took it to the taxidermist, and they gave you back your fish mounted. Yeah. So things have changed. But I was like, no, it's in his office. And I was like, I want that that mount. And I've always sold oh, that. Yeah. And then I think it was 2018 when I caught that 10-2-3. So, bigger fish than him? Uh-huh. And I've told the story on the air. So, I catch the fish. I don't know how what it weighs. I go to get my scale out of my backpack. Turns out I haven't caught a fish worth weighing in so long that it's, the battery's all corroded and it's rusted. So, I tie the fish up, drive to Cabela's, buy a new scale, <laughs> and haul ass back there, weigh the fish, <laughs> let her go, tell my dad. call my first person I call is dad. Bob, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to be happy about it. And, and so I, I told him, the next day, he sends me a picture. He goes, is this where you're standing when you caught her? And he was standing right there trying to catch her. No. <laughs> Did he catch it? it? No, he didn't catch it. Oh. So, yeah.
1: I will say there, um, my aunt and uncle used to have a, a property, piece of property here outside of Fredericksburg. They had a small tank, and they had stocked it. And I caught a fish there one time that – I'm pretty sure it was above 10 pounds, but I never had a scale, so I don't know. I was also, like, 12 years old, so an 8-pound fish could have seemed like a 13-pounder to me.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure.
1: What would you catch that fish on?
0: uh, I caught it on a uh, 10-inch plastic worm. I think it was a uh, A Zoom. It was a Zoom. Yep. Maybe it was pumpkin seed. Probably. I could go back and look at the picture, Uh, but... I guarantee you that if you were to open my my little soft plastics case, whatever is the most of that's I mean I probably have like five or six of those. I probably went back to canals and bought all the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um. But no, I've never
1: sniffed ten pounds again. I don't know if I ever will. But it's definitely a challenge, man. I know it's the thing that a lot of guys spend a lot of time and a lot of money trying to catch a fish over ten pounds. Mm-hmm. Well, so. and
0: to be honest with you after I caught that fish and like the whole goal of catching one bigger than my old man, uh, who like, dude, he doesn't hunt. He's just a bass fisherman. That's why it was such mm-hmm. a, a big deal to rub it in his face. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, because he's fish. he fishes every week. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm the springtime, uh, summer fisherman. but like from September through
1: January. No, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really do any fishing. Um, I will a little bit, but I'm still in deer hunting mode. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: um, right on, man. Well, 20% off promo code Lone Star 20 off of anything that's not in the outlet. So all the new stuff, Alpha Vertex, um, Brush Guard Pants, yep. all that good stuff right there. And it's uh, give us the website. It's spelled funny. So spell it out for everyone.
1: Uh, it's www.numaoutdoors.com, and then it sound It looks like Panuma, so it's P-N-U-M-A, mm-hmm. but not, but not Panuma. Numa. <laughs> I <laughs> get cool asked that all, all the time. Yeah. Well, thanks for the time, man. I look forward to yeah, man. Uh, The next chance we get
0: to hang out and camp together, and hopefully, uh, fling some arrows at uh, some monster Likewise. bucks.
1: Likewise, man. Heck, maybe we'll go spend some time in a duck blind together. You never know.
0: I got an open seat. I just don't have any birds. so <laughs>
1: You can come well, you watch the number. sunrise. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, come, I'll come watch the sunrise with you, man. All right, buddy. Take it easy. You too, man.
0: So there he goes, Will Cooper of NUMA Outdoors. Great stuff there. I am certainly going to put that heated cord to use if uh, the temperatures ever dictate that it's necessary. If not, I've still got a Nebraska muzzleloader hunt. Uh, On the books for next year. If they ever let me back into Canada, well, I'll take it up there as well. So uh, trying to get another Newfoundland moose hunt on the books. um, And then, of course, make up that black bear hunt too. And there's a little uh, Saskatchewan whitetail opportunity that is uh, piquing my interest. But we'll see if Trudeau ever gets his head out of his ass. Uh, That segment of the show brought to you by... Big and Jay Whitetail Attractants. The kids love putting it out. Why? Because it brings in the big bucks, and it does it within hours. Most of the time, I'm not exaggerating. My trail camera pictures validate it. They put it out, but sure bucks are there sometimes within three hours of the kids putting out that BB Squared. Of course, Dad puts it out when the kids aren't around. It's BB Squared. You can find Big and Jay's entire lineup of Whitetail Attractants at BigandJay.com. Unfortunately... We are out of time for today. Thanks to Carl Seal of John X Safaris. Thanks to Will Cooper. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith wishing you and yours a very sure Merry Christmas like and a great Christmas week in the outdoors. I sure do like those Christmas cookies, baby. Ones that look like Santa Claus Christmas trees and bells and stars
1: I sure do like those Christmas cookies, babe